and welcome to The Mum Show. My name's Marina and I'm joined again today by my two good friends, Emma Brown and Claire Hooper. We're going to be having a little look at the topic of boundaries. Setting boundaries can be really challenging, can't it? And I've got kids of that age where, well, they like to push the boundaries anyway and it's, it's never an easy, an easy route in our house. And I remember Lilia, my daughter, who has given me permission to share these stories, <laughs> I have to say. Good. <laughs> she's seven now and a boundary she's always struggled with is bedtime. Mm. And staying in bed, really difficult for her. And we've always, we, we've worked on this for like the last five years. And I remember when she was, she was just coming up for three years old. And um, we'd had, you know, a long, long time of just, Lilia, come on, you've got to stay in bed, sweetheart. And, you know, we were doing everything that we thought we needed to do. And I said to her one evening, Lilia, it's Christmas Eve. You need to stay in bed. Otherwise, mummy will not have time to wrap your Christmas presents. And you'll wake up tomorrow morning, you'll have no presents to open, OK? So I need you to stay in bed. And she's like, yep, yeah, OK, OK. So gave her a kiss goodnight and I went downstairs. Anyway, about half an hour later, I heard these little footsteps come trundling down the stairs and she was shaking some coppers in her hands and she was muttering under her breath at three, I don't care. I got my own monies. I buy my own Christmas presents. <laughs> and she oh, just walked genius. through the door and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I put a boundary in place and she's just constantly solving away yeah. so that we can remove this boundary to get this boundary out of the way. It's yeah. so hard, isn't it? Yeah, it but, really is. And yet so important. I, I mean, Emma, you're a therapist. Why do we need boundaries? <sighs> Why do we need boundaries? I think it's so, so difficult to get the balance right. And that's a really good example that, um, you know, Lily, we don't want to crush our children. We don't want to put boundary after boundary over them so that their personalities mm. kind of feel crushed. Um, but equally, we have to put in boundaries to make them feel safe. I think something I've probably said before on this show is that, you know, when we take our babies home, we don't get a manual of how to do it. Uh, I wish we did, but we don't. And actually, all we have to go on is our own experience of being parented a lot of the time. Um, and that's because how our parents were with us as we, when we were children becomes internalised and it kind of, it, it, I suppose it forms the basis of how we see ourselves, how we see the world, is it a safe place, and how, uh, how we'd learn to trust people. Um, and I think it's just so important for children to feel safe, so they have to have some boundaries in place. And I think for some of us as parents who've perhaps, ha perhaps had very strict upbringings um, and where we've perhaps experienced harsh and critical parenting, the temptation is to overcompensate and to mm. think, I'm not going to do that for my children. I do not want my children to feel like that. So, but they can go the other way uh, and they can be quite passive uh, and be almost frightened to upset your child or frightened or maybe thinking, if I put this boundary in place, maybe they, my child won't like me anymore. But the truth is, children need boundaries in order to feel safe. Um, if a child, you know, gets away with things that they shouldn't, um, like, you know, serious things like hitting or, or kicking or, or whatever, then it's really, it, it's, it's not good for that child not to have a boundary because they feel more in control and they don't, it's not good for a child to feel in control. Yeah. We, I mean, we all live by them, don't we? Yeah. We all live by yeah. boundaries. I can't just go and hit somebody either. So you, you kind of have to get used to it, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I'm interested because it's like you say, we don't come home with a manual mm. and even what we do come home with, you know, there's not like a step by step guide. You can't, you can't set a rule at, at the beginning or an approach at the beginning and still be doing that when they're 18, can you? It 
you need to evolve with it. How have you kind of managed that as your children have got older, adapting boundaries yeah. or even just your approach to boundaries? Yeah, well, my basis is we're growing humans, not robots. So when you're putting in boundaries or foundations, I, like anything, I'll come back to it time and again, I want to parent like my father parents me. So my, my, not just my earthly father, but my heavenly father. And the word is just full of like guidelines for right living all the way through from beginning to end, the guideline for right living, and that is all we're doing for our children and throughout the different ages and stages of their life. They need different guidelines for different things. When they're little, you teach them not to get hurt because it's a protection, it's a different kind of boundary. Don't touch that fire, don't run into the road. You, you create boundaries that are to do with safety, but as they grow and change, you give them boundaries that are to do with thinking, about feeling, about approach to life, and that's what the word is rich in. And so we, we just follow that model with our kids and with our families I love that it's it's amazing isn't it I think when we when we do look in the word mm -hmm. what we see is that whenever God sets boundaries for us to live by they're so life-giving yeah. and there's so much freedom and even right back at the very beginning if we look in the Garden of Eden with Adam yeah. and Eve God's like guys don't want you to eat from this tree but you can have the whole rest of the garden you've got access to all of this in fact you rule all of this go name those animals you go live you go thrive and there's so much freedom and the boundary that's yeah. there is not there to restrict it's there to protect it's there to give an environment to thrive yeah. in and I think it's so exciting when you translate that to your children. I know that if I've had an evening creating freedom for Lilia up yeah. until bedtime, then actually she's kind of ready to go to bed. Yeah. And I have to adapt that and look at what that freedom means to her. Is it freedom to run and jump and play mm -hmm. for half an hour? Freedom to think and dream and sit and draw for half an hour? And then at the end of that, she can go to bed. Whereas yeah. if I'm building restrictions and mm. barriers and rules, then actually yeah. all I end up getting is contention yeah, and, and disagreement and, and nobody's happy living like that. But we do that from a basis of sometimes when we put in we see boundaries as rules because we kind of want this the whole the robotic do this because I said it and that's a really old model you do as you're told you know children should be seen and not heard but we live in a time and a culture where we're exploring so much more about about humankind about what it means to be a Christian in this 21st century and so updating our thinking in the way that we place boundaries because there is the bedrock of which life will spring it is like when you create a foundation look at what you can build just even if you look in the housing you know mm. when you creating a you know a good foundation you can build high you can build like skyscrapers if you put the right foundation in but without that yeah. that that's so key and, it, and those early years are really important because I I love what you're saying about kind of giving them the freedom and the ability to be themselves um, and to find their own identity but they but they do still need those limits yeah. um, so that Lilia knows that at some point she can have this freedom but at some point there is a limit and, and that she will need to go to bed and and that's it's freedom within limits isn't it and that's and I think that that's so that's, true, that's a god-given message mm. I, I, I mean I feel stressed out if I if I'm not contained mm. absolutely I think we all do don't we? no one likes to be out of yeah. control everybody likes to feel safe you know we wouldn't like to live in an out of control physically home that's mm. gonna crumble any moment and you know our children yeah. need the same don't they they need absolutely. to feel safe and they've got to feel as though they're free to be safe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if that yeah. kind of makes sense. No, Should we hear what the children have to say? Yes. Let's take a look. Always respect each other. 
Always be kind and always say sorry. The dog is not allowed upstairs. Um, you have to do the washing up. Um, you have to get changed as soon as you get home from school. Put your shoes in the basket. If someone be annoying, then you don't just go tell straight away. You tell them to stop it, and if they carry on three times, then you go to them. Um, don't hit. Be kind. And you're not allowed to watch telly until you're fully dressed. You normally get told off, or then then you always have to say sorry. You sit in that step or go to your room. Will we get in trouble? Um. So kids don't go wild. So you won't be naughty. To annoy us. And they help you realise the things you can't do and the things you can do. Always respect each other, always be kind and always look after the environment. You have to do a job before you can go on anything to do with the internet. I would make that. You have to get changed every day when you come home from school and you need to put your shoes in the basket and also that you need to do some chores around the house. No, I would set no rules at all. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no rules she at all. <laughs> Which one, Celia? Yeah, we can tell. The funny thing is, as we went through that process a little later on, she said, I would set some rules. And I said, what rules would you set? She said, I would say it's important the children have to stay in bed in my house. <laughs> I was like, that's so interesting. And I find it really funny when you listen to them that they actually echo the rules yeah. that they have. I mean... Gracie, Claire, that's so funny. We don't even have a shoebox. <laughs> they must put their shoes in the shoebox. What's your rules? I put my shoes in the shoebox. I sound like a right authoritarian. <laughs> we must do this, we must do that. But it's funny because it's what you're saying we parent as yeah. we're being parented. And yeah, even though Lilia can kick off at bedtime and I don't want to go to bed, please let me stay up. That is something I think she's going to keep with her and yeah. say, you know... A really good example, sorry to interrupt you, Marina, because it's just triggered a memory of, of mine when um, we used to have the bottom step as a, as a kind of a thinking space, you know, if, if they kind of repeatedly broke a limit, so they'd go and have to sit on this, um, some people call it timeout, but we had mm. it as the bottom thinking step. Um, and um, my youngest, Erin, was quite frequently in her preschool years uh, spending quite a bit of time on the thinking step. Um, and what a really good um, kind of example of how she internalised my way of parenting and her, her dad's way of parenting was she'd come off the naughty step and you'd hear her ten minutes later talking to her teddies or her dollies, placing them on the naughty step using the same language, the yeah. same tone of voice yeah. that I used. So and it really struck me, wow, it is so crucial because she is already internalising that voice. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it's there, isn't it, from such a young age? Mm. Yeah, it is. Mm. I think with boundaries, we need to give them thought before we get there. We need to think about it before we're in the moment because when we're in 
in the instant that something's happening, in the moment where something's kicking off, we're in, we've got emotions going on, we've got so our heart bad. racing, we're maybe tired, we've maybe got to get them to school or the dinner's mm. burning on the, on the top of the stove or whatever it is. We need to be able to pre-think that these are what our boundaries are and these are how we're going to deal with them. Because if not, we run the risk of reacting. Absolutely. And as parents, we just, we're on a back foot, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. If we're reacting to what's going on in their world. I mean, Claire, what, what sort of is your approach to deciding what boundaries you're going to put in place? Yeah, that's a really good question. I... We do talk about it a lot, both me and my husband. We decide, like, the kind of way that we're going to respond and we try to stick to a, a gathered, a, you know, a... a uh, what's the word, um, uh, a unified approach, because that really, really helps. But we look at them differently and don't give the same boundaries for each child. I don't believe that um, equal means the same. Yeah. I believe that the same is that, that we treat them with the same respect, but they don't need the same response from us because mm -hmm. they're different individuals. Yeah. So there are children that need in, in their bound... Once you've reached a place where a boundary has been crossed, they, need a, they might need a time-out spot, a, a place of reflection. Some might need the physical need met, some get really cross when they are overstimulated or hungry or sad or need the toilet, so responding to a practical need. Or some, some especially one in mind, needed a closeness. Yeah. His, the response to the boundary being crossed was because some, a need had not been met. And so very often we would scoop him up and we would hold them really close, allow there to be a calm, and then talk about a, 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 a really good expression. I, I don't favour the model that is the Elsa model of parenting that I call it, conceal, don't feel. I want my kids to feel things deeply and, and like understand the, the deepness of expression that you can have but learn to express themselves appropriately. Mm. So I think equal doesn't mean the same. I think it's really interesting because my children, I know that if they are in an escalated moment, then if I talk, that will just push things they can't mm. handle that neither of them can cope with me talking at them yeah. when they're in a chaotic situation and for both of them actually what they want is a cuddle yeah and the moment I say do you need a cuddle do you just need a cuddle then they'll come and they'll, they'll come straight away and the situation will calm down but I think as a mum that can be really hard because sometimes, actually, you don't want to give a cuddle. You're furious and it's hard mm -hmm. going. And what you want to say to them is, oh, that was so rude. Get in your bedroom because I need space. <laughs> yeah. But, we, you know, we've just got to be the bigger people than that. And preparation yes. really helps, doesn't it? I mean, you deal with disconnections between parents a lot, don't you, in, in your work. What advice do you give to parents that are just becoming overwhelmed in in these environments yeah i think i think that you've got you know with any kind of area of parenting has got to start with um as us as parents looking in on ourselves and having the if we want our children to be able to reflect on their behavior and on their emotional um, expression and ability to, to manage themselves. We have got to be able to do that ourselves. Mm. Um, and, and I think um, it's so difficult when we're... Because when, when when, actually our children, our relationship with our children is probably the most emotive relationship we can have. Mm. Um, I can speak from experience that I've probably felt the most amount of rage and anxiety and fear yeah. in relation to my my relationship with my children mm. so they're big powerful emotions um, and I think we need as parents to really kind of sometimes take a few minutes or even a few seconds to stop press the pause button when we feel ourselves getting 
you know, absolutely reactive. We're in that reactive space um, and we know, I know, that when I'm in that space, I'm going to do or say things that, that is not going to be helpful for my child and is not going to be <clears throat> healthy. Mm -hmm. So for me to take a few minutes just to kind of stop and think, hang on, I'm feeling mm -hmm. this, what do I need to do to make sure I respond in the right way? Um, and it's th that's where we need to start from. But it's not easy. It's not. And I think that we can often create space for ourselves. It's like, yeah. Unless there's imminent danger. Yeah. <laughs> unless it's life yeah, or death. Absolutely. We can yeah. usually find a moment where we can say, I'm just going to deal with this in five. Yeah. I need to come back to this one because yeah. it's very stressful. Yeah. I'm curious, Emma, when you've got a child who's persistently pushing boundaries, mm. Do you spend time with parents at all saying, you know, here's some suggestions of things to manage the boundary, or is your focus more on the, the reason behind it, what's underneath needing that boundary? I think both, really. Um, lots of parents come wanting me to fix their child, and they see that the problem is located within the child. This child is just consistently breaking boundaries. This child is becoming naughty um, or bad uh, and actually the problem feels like it's located within the child and I spend a lot of time with parents just trying to turn that on its head um, and to try and get to the root cause of why a child is behaving in a certain way um, and, and then you know once we can kind of deal with the underlying maybe relationship stuff and maybe quite often it's about the parents own experience of being parented and how hard they're finding it and the feelings and maybe memories that they that, that's been brought up for them um, then we can maybe start to look at some kind of uh, really simple but very effective strategies um, and and you know there's, there's loads of them out there. Um, I mean, I can, talk, I can talk through a few, but maybe we can come to that on our top tips. <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny because I've, I, I'm really into the imagination. As you know, I enjoy storytelling, I enjoy role-play and that sort of thing. And I've, I think a really dangerous point when you're with your children is when your thinking changes and you start to see them as their behaviour. Yeah. And I really believe that, I, I can't talk for all children, but I know children I've worked with feel that. Mm. My children feel that. If I think negatively about my child in a moment, they can see it and there's a connection that's lost between us. And I think the moment that you lose that, that love connection with your child, you enter a really dangerous place where they don't feel safe, they don't know who you are. It's, it's very, very frightening. And actually, there's, there's no pull on the heart for them to want to keep those boundaries because there's a disconnection between you. Mm. And I found um, I'll often imagine them back as a baby mm. or I'll imagine a really happy place with that child. I remember nursing Lilia um, once in grass on a summer's day and it was just so beautiful and peaceful and I could hear sounds around me. Mm. And I'll often, in a moment of frustration, I'll take myself back to that place. Yeah. I'll see her again as this precious, yeah. beautiful gift that I've got to nurture. And I'll go back to that place and it helps me mm. to reconnect mm. back into that love. Mm. And I find that when we reconnect... Absolutely. That safe place comes back to God. Have you have you got anything like that, Claire, where you find that? Yeah, um, I I hate 
that feeling. You see it in their eyes when you have cro when you've cr crossed a boundary that you wish you hadn't crossed. You might have said something or behaved in a way or spoken in a tone or. But you know what? It's retrievable. Absolutely. You know, like we are not ever going to get it right um, every single day of our lives, and that's why even the word says tomorrow's a new day. Although you've tasted, there's a whole scripture in Lamentations that talks about today was this. I've eaten dust. My face is on the ground. Woe is me. It's been awful. The worst things have happened, but yet I call to mind hope because tomorrow's a new day, and the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. So we get a new opportunity just to go like pause, reflect, and put <clears> it right. I love that. I love that. I think it's so good because, you know, that it says, fathers, do not exasperate your mm. children. And we do as parents mm. at times. Yeah. We do when we're stressed and we're tired. And you know, I love what you've just said there, we cross the boundary. Yeah. We cross we that. And I think, you know, it, that verse, I said it, I've said it before, um, do not tire of doing good. Absolutely. I just love that so much because actually somehow we've got to get ourselves into the into the place and maybe we need to make this new every morning yeah but we're all we are fearless champions yeah the mummy mantras yeah absolutely <laughs> do I'm not like... tire of doing good yes the mercies are new every morning <laughs> i am a fearless champion <laughs> yeah. you know because because often we can <laughs> yeah. discipline out of fear we can you know we can project boundaries because we're scared absolutely. that we can't trust them to to be grow up to be good human beings mm. you know and instead i've got to be your fearless champion and i've got to come alongside you and say you can do this you can stay in bed you've got it in you I see this in your future <laughs> a good night's sleep somewhere is out there for you Absolutely. but uh, it's it's a daily challenge and I mm. I'm so glad that God's mercy is in you every morning mm. I'm so glad me I too. need that so come on then I'm really keen to hear feed me with your wisdom I want to hear your top tips go on Emma um, well, I think I would like to just give you a really, hopefully, a simple-ish explanation of the brain and how us as parents can, be, can kind of equip ourselves to know a bit more. It's fascinating to me that as parents, we know about, we know kind of what, what level the temperature is before we need to get, you know, an ambulance or, you know, we know what the danger signs are physically for our children, but we don't really know a huge amount about what goes on in their brain. So a really simple way of understanding that is using the hand model of the brain. So I will show you. So if you can imagine, your arm is the spinal cord going back down through the back of your head, down your body. This bit is the brain stem, which is the very base of your brain. It's the first part of the brain that's um, created in the womb. And then this bit, if you fold your thumb over, this bit is the lower part of the brain. It's the really kind of um, the bit that's really internal. And that bit's what babies are born with. So babies are born with this, this area, which is called the limbic system. And within this area are all the big, big, powerful, instinctive, impulsive emotions like fear, rage. It's where the fight or flight response is. It's where the rage response is. Um, and that's, that's all there. And we've all got that. But then this bit over the top is the cortex. So this is like the curly bit, the kind of weird squishy bit that we can, that we, when we see a brain, that's, that's what we recognise. And that bit goes over the top. And this bit isn't fully formed when babies are born. So actually our job as parents is to, all the connections and how this is formed is hugely dependent on how we are and how we respond to them as, as parents. So my top tip, I think, is thinking about particularly toddlers, 
um, having a tantrum and how do you respond to a toddler having a tantrum. Um, and toddlers can have upstairs tantrums or they can have downstairs tantrums. So a downstairs tantrum is when you see that that child has lost emotional control. So all their thinking and rational and ability to make sense and reflect has, has come off. So the idea is they flip their lid. So, you know, they've lost the plot. You know that they're emotionally just dysregulated and no amount of telling them off or enforcing a boundary is going to help. You just need to scoop that child up and do something to help calm it down. A bit like you were saying with, with sometimes with your two, how you know that they just need a cuddle sometimes. But that's very different to an upstairs tantrum, which is where a child, an example might be you're in a supermarket uh, and they're demanding sweets or a toy and you've said no and they look at you and just decide to have a complete meltdown because you've said no in order to get what they want. Mm. So that requires a very, very different response. That requires a very firm, consistent boundary that, with a consequence that you follow through because those are the sorts of the behaviours that we want, obviously we want to stop. So this, this hand model of the brain, it's a very simplified version, but it's actually very good. And it, we can use that with our children as well and help them understand yeah. what's going on inside their heads and for us as well. That's so, so interesting. So flipping your lid. And we I do it as that. adults too. So, so interesting. Mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember that one. That's mm. good. Claire. Uh, I would like to use, there's an old proverb that I'd like to use that says this. Um, a wise woman uh, builds her house, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. And I think looking at boundaries, it is our responsibility to put those foundations in our children's life. And yet what a wonderful... In our hands, in our hands, we have so much ability and possibility and power. I think putting boundaries sometimes we see as a way of controlling our children, yet they are supposed to be there to help them live an awesome life. And that is what I would suggest is that, is that a wise woman builds her house, but don't be foolish and tear it down, all that good work that you've done. Oh, I like that. Those tips kind of work really nicely together, mm. actually. That sense of don't tear down, mm. keep control. It's good, I like that. I think I would go for the proverb that says, discipline your children, for in that there is hope. And I think that often when we consider discipline, and certainly when you look at historically considered discipline mm. in the church, we think of punishment, Absolutely. we think of retribution, we think of how pitiful can I make you feel for your wrongdoing? Mm. How guilty can I make you? <laughs> um, but actually, discipline comes has the same root word as disciple. Mm. And when we look at how that Jesus treated his disciples, he journeyed with them. It wasn't an instant, it wasn't a moment, it wasn't That's let right. me deal with this right here and right now. It was a journey into grace. I'm gonna walk with you, you're gonna walk into grace, and when you've received my grace, you're gonna flourish and go straight on. And he was fun with it, he told stories, and he took them on adventures, and he took them in journeys, he took them to meet people they never ever would have crossed paths with. And I think it's so exciting to consider training, discipling our children in a way that takes them on a journey and explores life with them and allow their, allow their learning process to be not just confined to the moment where they look like they need it mm. and they need it now, but to be something that we just create as an mm. environment that they, that they walk into and live in. I think that's what I'd be going for. Absolutely. So exciting though, isn't it? it is, we say this at the end of every episode. It's so exciting because I just feel like when you gather wisdom, you know, I'm, I know I'm armed. I'm armed at bedtime. I'm going to check which 
yeah. which looks just <laughs> flipping. Very good. Thank you so much once again. Well, I hope you've enjoyed joining us today. If there's any of this information that you want to know more about, particularly some of the methods that Emma's mentioning, then do please come and join us on our website at promiselegacy.com. We've got lots more information for you on there. And if you do pop over, drop us a line and say hello. We would love to hear from you. Thank you once again and God bless.